Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's uh, me, Justin Mullen, and you can t- contact the show uh, at Justin Mullen on Twitter or you can email me at uh, on email, on the email thing, uh, justin.mullen at cisco.com, two O's and one L. So, we're all talking about this new era of networking and... Uh, We've done the. We've had a, released a, an earlier podcast with Ivan and uh, Goffy or David Goff, where we introduced it. But now I've got the specialists. I've got the techies in the room who are going to really go under the hood and really explain it. What the heck were those two people talking about? So we've got. Uh, I've got Ben Brophy. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Ben. You're right. First time podcaster. Yeah, it's my debut. Your debut Good all the way here. from all the way from Telford yeah. to come with the podcast yeah. via, via all the places. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say unfortunately, Telford's a lovely place. It is, it's great. It is, there we are. And then we'd also, second time performer, uh, visit to the podcast, all the way from Marley Fox in Yorkshire, it's James Arup. Good afternoon, glad to be here. Are you sure? I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're here to talk about um, the, the new era of networking and um, we've introduced the uh, the challenges and we we talk about the challenges we introduced on the other podcast which is that higher level that more high level of sort of a, 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 a business level conversation to make sure everyone can understand it but let's get into things so we've got security the challenges still i mean how do you secure your network especially when you start to look at all the different bad things going on all the different ransomwares and things like that all the different sort of uh, distributed denial of service attacks things like that are going on in your network how do you access the cloud um, and uh, some other things like IoT, and then we start to look at how do you make the network more automated so we can do get. I would, I that goes through my mind, and it'd be good to get your points of view. Is this how can you get the network to perform to its full potential? Because the one thing that um, you we always see is that you you can we, we we've been selling networks for a long long time at Cisco, but very. Very rarely do we find a customer who's properly hammering the network, really using the full features and functionality and the benefits of the network. So I think that's uh, a tantamount to how sometimes how complicated it is, and that's why we talk about automations. How can you turn on those more uh, complicated things, but really that do have benefits in a simple and easy way? Is that a first statement to make, or I don't know? What do you think, James? You've been around a while. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've been around a while. Yeah, thank you. Um, You're younger than yeah, I am. Yeah. So, sure. <laughs> I think yeah. I mean, I think we've got a heck of a lot of features uh, in in you know in the software in in iOS, and as you say, fairly kind of complex uh, you know to, to switch on and then actually switch on in multiple places in a building or across the globe or whatever wherever your network is. And um, I think the key thing to kind of point out about the network is that it's um, that thing that kind of pretty much underpins everything. Uh, all the other technologies that are used um, within the business or, or, or whatever uh, it underpins all the other users it underpins all the applications and you know what we te- from an operational perspective we don't want to really touch it again after deploying it unless we really have to because yeah. if it ain't broke don't fix it. it you know it's all about my business and, and, and that's that and that's what an industry's been built around isn't it and pretty it, much it, it, yeah. now it's got to the stage that the one thing that where everything else is getting agile applications getting agile data center get, are becoming more agile mm-hmm. businesses need to be more agile and then they go what's this thing that's yeah. dragging us behind oh look out it's the network yeah. and that's yeah, because we want to keep the uptime yeah, but yeah we've got all these great sort of uh, innovations we've got these great features that we need to kind of switch on 
Um, but yeah, it requires some kind of uh, downtime to be able to kind of do that. So um, yeah, I think stuff we're going to talk about today um, is going to kind of open that up. Yeah, um, really. So um, in the in the previous podcast, we did a bit of a uh, because we had older gentlemen in the room. We did a bit of a a, a chart countdown of the different things you were talking about. But um, so the first thing that we're announcing as part of this new era of networking is uh, DNA Center or Digital Network Architecture Center. So which one of you two want to pick that one up and start talking about what is it? What does it do? And uh, the pair of them are looking at each other going, who's going to go first? And I don't know. I don't know. Who's so, it? So I'm going to be really bold and step out there and, and say something. I thought you were going to be really bold these... and volunteer Ben. No. <laughs> <laughs> Over to Ben. No, so I mean, what, feel free to jump in, uh, Ben. But DNA Center, I will describe it as the single pane of glass. But please don't stop listening to this podcast. Now I've just said that. Please keep listening. It really is a single pane of glass to manage the network from. And the reason I'm saying that is that, you know, everyone sort of rolls their eyeballs or groans or whatever you when you say the single pane of glass. Yeah, um, no, when, when really? you, when you, yeah. And even I did as well. Because yeah. when you, you knew when we were prepping, as I always say we do prep for this podcast, <laughs> is you mean that that just makes it sound like a manager manager of managers, isn't it? A, ma- a network management platform yeah. that will manage all the other network management yeah. platforms, and, and so it's, it's got to be more than that, yeah, isn't it? So I mean, let's kind of describe the architecture, um, the the solution really um, that we're kind of coming out with, um, and, and at the top of that is this is DNA Center, the single pane of glass. Underneath that are a bunch of engines. Um, one is a network controller. We've just discussed this on the last podcast about APKM. Uh, one is something that understands security policy, uh, Cisco ISE. It's been around quite a while. Identity services engine. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and we've got also got another engine, uh, network data platform, uh, which we'll kind of come to later. But that's all about our network analytics piece for the uh, for the enterprise. Um, and then obviously a level below that, you're talking about your routers, switches, all your wireless uh, gear as well, the access points. Okay, so so what does this single pane of glass do though? So it's made up of those things you talked yeah. about. What does it do, though? So basically, this is the place that I come to do all the things, everything from design, uh, design my network, do my provisioning of my devices. What do you mean by design a network, though? Because in my head, because I did mm. a Cisco certification in design, and I went, well, you've written up to do that now, have oh. we? Yeah, pretty much. So um, we've kind of got this, uh, I think previously we've had network management tools um, that we've had to kind of go and select uh, a bunch of, um, uh, best way to describe it, previous network management tools where you have to select a bunch of pages on hidden menus and things like that, go and configure things. The idea of this is that it's now workflow based and it kind of guides you through the path. But will of it actually, when you talk about design, so it's not designing your network as in I'm got a new building called distribution access it's more about design of what features and functionality mm. and policy you put onto the network is so that it's what this kind of so it's kind of like your logical overlay yeah uh, the, the logical design yeah because you can network. just like connect a network in a certain way and you go right that sort of makes sense i've got yeah. dual uplinks it's not that mm-hmm. it's designing your network for the actual what it's going to do um functionality that's going to be driven from the network or driven into the network is that right or have i just got that wrong I don't know, that's kind of a that's a good way to yeah think of it. it think of it as kind of golden templates and things like that so obviously for each site 
each site's probably going to be a little bit different or you know maybe you're going to have a cookie cutter model and and you'll have several branches that are the same so within the design portion here of dna center that's really where we're going we're, we're using kind of workflows and everything from ip address pools to images to dhcp servers to radius. images as in the, the 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 software image that runs on the box yeah exactly so you have like a, a your golden images that you're using that have been um, hopefully hasn't got any bugs in uh, but ones that you've tested <laughs> and then you can roll them out for a particular site and say okay we've got a new site coming up uh, we'll just apply this template and then off we go so key example here you know the previous discussions we've had around the controller we've got a plug and play application so you ship a box straight to site um, the box calls home the controller or the application this DNA center is sees that come in and uh, based on the serial number and, um, and, and sees that and then actually deploys the, the, the iOS out to that um, device and all the configuration settings. So what we're able to do is we can do things like identify your radius server centrally, specify the, um, specify the DHCP server centrally. So all these, all these elements of, of a, a switch or a router configuration are done centrally and then pushed out to multiple devices so as they come on board. Then. So the thing that's going through my mind is I'm thinking of, um, I deploy a branch or I could put, deploy a campus, a building yep. in a campus, very simply and easy. Uh, push everything out to it to its IP address pool or the, the golden image so I know all the, the, the right images going on to all those boxes. But then what it allowed me to do was very quickly change that provision of that building without actually taking hours and hours and hours of reconfiguring and those sort of things. Because you know what you're pushing out because it's because of the design function allows you to think or to know that what I'm pushing out is solid and it's not going to keel over as soon as I push it out. Is that sort of, and so it allows you to be a lot more dynamic, I'm thinking I'm trying to say. Absolutely. So yeah, if stuff changes in flight or, you know, you've got a new project, you're rolling something out or you're assigning some, some new services, then yeah, you can very quickly roll those things out. No, right, great. So is there anything, so that sort of workflow based, the design and that sort of encounters provisioning and so basically provisioning is where you're gonna, it just pushes it out onto all the different bit of boxes then, is it? Yeah, that's pretty much so. Obviously you'll have your switches, your routers, all of your network equipment. And once you've discovered them through a plug and play process, um, which just involves really setting yeah. that up. Uh, it's something we've had for a while on APKM, so Customers with application quite... policy infrastructure controller dash enterprise module. Yeah, fantastic. Well done. <laughs> I repeat well, it every, well, every, time, every time I present talk about it on the podcast. I have to do it because we can't do acronyms. Or you can do it once and then the second time you're allowed to use it. Okay. You have to explain explain what it is. Go on and keep going. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So once you've once you've created that design and that network hierarchy, so you've got like a, a globe. Say you've got a global business, and then within there you've got your country level. And then within your country level, you've got a bunch of different sites there. These, these IP pools or addressing and radio servers, all of these settings, that will apply. And once you go to, in the provisioning element, you'll select the devices and all of those settings will be pushed down. So from that perspective, you're all ready to set up and move on to the next part. Okay, and what is the next part? So the next part is the policy part. Okay, so what's policy then? Security policy, quals policy, Yes, yes, 
Yes. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, fair yeah, the thing is, though, you kept on going, I'm going, I can't think of any more policies now. Yeah, I think I think when we start to, so to be clear, when we're sort of referring to the network policy, it doesn't necessarily always just mean security, but I think security is a good one to talk about for so many reasons. Um, so, uh, you know, in the network world, we're thinking about things like segmentation. So it might be that you segment your network based on, you know, trusted users, employees, uh, and guest users, um, so people who are not as trusted, um, however they need to consume services off your network. So um, just that has been a really simple example of um, segmenting the network, uh, again doing that in a central place uh, and then kind of pushing uh, pushing that policy out onto the network. Um, obviously this is a technical podcast so I can say things like VRFs and... What does VRF stand for? Uh, virtual routing and forwarding. Good. Uh, so you know, obviously, I can uh, think for t- ten milliseconds. <laughs> um, so obviously, basically, able to deploy segmentation across the network uh, more easily. Uh, so uh, yeah, and in, and it's all about having control there uh, over who speaks to who. So whether you allow access or deny access. I mean, we've probably all familiar. As network people of using IP access lists, and if if I I love doing uh, them, yeah, we we that's a perfect them. example of why is the network slow to change because <laughs> of IP yeah, access yeah. lists. Yeah, yeah, that's Absolutely. right. I mean, I if I give an example, you know, uh, usually if a business wants to block engineering from talking to marketing or whatever it may be, they you that usually run through the brains of someone in IT, and they'll go ahead and do an access list. Uh, but then if you went back a year later and said, okay, what's the business intent of the access list? What's it actually doing? Who's it blocking? We'll be scratching our head and thinking, oh, I uh, don't know what it's doing. And I'm actually too scared to remove it as well. Yeah, so you end up with a plethora of access control lists sat there on a config of a switch. And, yeah. and we're not really sure why they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So we, we've got this big problem. And when you think about it, um, IP addresses are really... Uh, identifiers and it's how we route around the network uh, but what we've got into is this horrible situation where we're using IP addresses to define policy just because they they very nicely usually identify a location or, or, um, or a particular function like admin engineering sales whatever it may be um, so yeah we're, we're trying to decouple that and uh, and make it a really easy process of doing policy through DNA Center great so we've uh, we've covered very eloquently I think uh, at a bit more of a technical level on DNA, is there anything else to talk about there, is it? I think the policy piece, uh, no, probably not. I, mean, I think <laughs> I was just going to say that policy piece is a really nice segue into... Yeah, 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 so thing. going on to yeah. uh, software, de- so the, number two in the uh, the technical version of the uh, next year of, the new year of networking charts is uh, software-defined access. So go on then, who's picking that one up? Me? That was yeah. Ben. They're pointing each other, pointing on podcasts, always works. Like tapping on keyboards. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll take that one. Software defined access. So um, when we look at SDN, uh, you know, that, the, the big buzzword, 
um, still does nothing. No, I'm, I'm only joking. Um, software defined networking. Oh, um, <laughs> we've um, you were on that podcast. That was the podcast that you did. Do you know that's our most popular podcast? I might have said that. Oh, our most, our most downloads on that podcast Fantastic. that you did. There was the noisiest hotel room, uh, in the hotel meeting room, hotel room. We were in some seedy hotel room in the back end of Tamworth. Yeah. We'll, we'll move on. So get on with it. Come on. Still does nothing. Yeah. So, so software defined networking. Uh, like most of the focus there, to be honest with you, originally it started off with a bit of a university project, and uh, we talked about OpenFlow. But things have moved on quite a bit now. Uh, now we're ten years down the line. So uh, original efforts were, you might think focused on the data center. So we had, from Cisco's perspective, ACI, the application central infrastructure, which was an SDN-led way of doing data centers. Um, but really the campus was, uh, I think, like a Cinderella, it was kind of like the forgotten part of the network. Yeah, because they've talked about SDN for a while and it was always out of the data center. Look at the data center, automate your data center. And that's where they've started from. And then we were going, what about the network? What about the campus network? So that's that's what you're saying, really, isn't it? Is is that's we, we we're Cinderella? I think it can be better, yeah. better fairy tale analogy, but there we are. <laughs> yeah, and when when we look further into it, we've kind of got the same problems in the enterprise network as we have in the data center. So if you think in the data center, the problems we're trying to solve there with SDN, they're all about application mobility. How do I get one VM to a, another area for um for for applications? multi-tenancy, analytics, customer insights. But in the enterprise, the, the problems are really quite similar. So uh, rather than application mobility, it's user mobility. How do I take a, a phone or a laptop and move that around from branch to campus or wherever it may be? Uh, instead of the multi-tenancy, we've got segmentation. And we talked well, a little bit- Well then we still bit. have multi-tenancy and that's becoming a lot more of a, how can I have a building with one network that segments both mm -hmm. from the the people, maybe the organisations in there, mm -hmm. um, and we've seen that in in government today. But also, then you say, oh, "How am I going to segment multi-tenanted from a user's perspective, or things connecting to it, isn't it?" So you've not just got people's laptops and people's mobile devices; you're going to have things, yeah, so like yeah. the IoT stuff, Internet of Things. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's a really good point, actually. Um, as more and more users come on the network, and things as well, so pretty much everything's being connected, whether it be uh, a badge reader, door. Uh, door sensor, what, whatever it is, um, you know, we're going to have to control this. I mean, you looked at the IoT attack that happened, I think, last year, and you know, maybe if we had something where we could very easily segment it and prevent everyone from accessing that. Yeah, that was that a big block. distributed denial of service attack that was using people's stuff at home as well, at home cameras yeah. and things like that, wasn't it? Yeah. So allowing having a network that can actually be segmented and only allow certain things to, 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 to talk to other certain things in a quick and dynamic and an easy way and it doesn't take us 20 years to sort out, then that's got to be an advantage. Yeah, that's right. Because usually all of these devices would sit in a VLAN and a VLAN has always equaled one logical domain or one IP subnet. But then how do I control access within that VLAN? And that that's the real challenge. You know, In the past, we've had things like private VLANs, which have tried to address that but quite complex um, but with this me method by using the concept of a tag uh, we can quite effectively control that mm -hmm. even okay. within the same VLAN yeah so effectively uh, you know a form of micro segmentation I, I guess we're talking about here when we're kind of referring to the private VLANs um, yeah. but kind of taking away the pain of um, the pain of that configuration and, and that change on a 
So that, that's what sort of software defined means and, and taking that down right down to the access layer of, of a, or to, to all layers of a campus network. But what else is, 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 is that just all SCS? Because it sounds very similar to what, you know, just policy enforcement, isn't it? But is this the execution arm of the policy enforcement where you... So I think, I think one of the, the, the key things about uh, SDN uh, has always been about kind of being able to centrally define something and then and influence the traffic from that central point to wherever you know the network exists, uh, whether that's ten devices or yeah. a thousand devices. And I think we've very much achieved that with with having a having a controller that's able to speak, um, sort of both speak command line uh, and things like NetConfigYang to two devices. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Bring me back on track. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It feels like we're just redressing the the SDM podcast again. Yeah. So so sorry, so we've done things slightly differently now. Yeah. So we've talked yeah. about the, the. I mean, we've got the same problems of the data center in the campus. So that's why we need this software defined access, and where we're doing things in in the way that we can create fabrics. Because when you talk about data center, you talk about policy and ACI, and they talk about their fabrics. And they talk about spine and leaves and all those sort of wonderful, interesting things if you're a data center person. So what are we doing? Are we bringing that sort of, is that, are we bringing that, as well as the automation piece, are we bringing that sort of fabric into the campus as well? Or is that? Yeah, that, that's actually one very key important part of SDA. Um, so the first part is the notion of a campus fabric. And then the second part is, is the notion of a controller. And we're using DNA center for that. Okay. But if we just take the campus fabric that you, you talked about, um, we, yeah, you know, we've done that with data center and we're not really reinventing the wheel too much here. We're using a lot of existing technologies. So, but what's the, the what's the advantage of a, ca- of, a fa- of a fabric or a campus fabric? Can you explain what a fabric is? Because that's the thing I, I'm sure if I was listening to this podcast going, well, we've talked about it, but what is it? Yeah, so th- imagine you know you've got a bunch of network devices, so a bunch of switches in your in your campus. Usually, you'd have to manage them one by one. Whereas, if we're using a fabric, uh, we we have the ability to actually manage it more as a system and manage the network as a system. Okay, um, so uh, uh, when you actually look at the word fabric, it it actually comes from literally the word fabric that you have on clothes and stuff like that and you if, work if, that if you if, <laughs> it's pretty obvious but uh it's a, it's it's rings kind of true because if you took a magnifying so you're glass just saying instead of treating it, it as a thread you're treating a system of threads yeah. as a fabric yeah or stitched yeah. together or so stitched together. Know, thousand switches stitched together becomes a fabric so instead of treating switch, a, yeah. each switch individually you're treating yeah. them as a group yeah. of switches absolutely and creating the fabric so you can connect them together and allow them to exchange data as in as in move data around mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah and some of the benefits that we get here so, is, so how do you let me just say before you do yeah. before you move on but what, what what builds a fabric you mean what what makes a you mean in my mind you mind i've got a bunch of switches all connected together right okay we've got lots of ethernet bringing them all together that is that a fabric what what or and if it's not what needs to happen to those to make it change it from being a a group of switches that are connected like a normal network design and connectivity to a fabric Mm-hmm. Do you want me to take this one or? Yeah, go. I'd love if somebody would. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, we, we're using several different protocols to to actually build this fabric. Um, one is VXLAN, and another one is Lisp. But before we get into the complexities of um, of that, really, um, like I said, you're, you're trying to you're trying to treat it as a system, and 
the the benefits there are, are like host mobility so you have you have the ability to take a user there and you can you can go to any different site and you'll keep your ip address okay so so, so, it's, it's, so it allows you then to not worry about my vlan my ip address where you can go i keep an ip address especially in the world of ipv6 where mm -hmm. I can just keep that IP address because it's so unique. Do I need another IP address? I should have one IP address yeah. and be able to take it anywhere. Yeah. And we're not segmenting a network or by VLAN, by subnet, by whatever. It's just done by fabric. So that's an advantage of how sort of that fabric works. Yeah, and, and, and the word fabric, or um, you might have heard of overlays as well, network overlays, which are very popular these days. Uh, it's nothing really that new. So most people will probably be heard of a, a simple form of an overlay is a, a GRE tunnel creating a point from A to B. And we've got a lot of different overlays in the data center, um, one of which it could be VXLAN, could be Fabric Path, could be Trill SPB. I know these are a lot of acronyms, aren't Trill. they? Oh, Trill, God, I'm not even asking for all these are. And then if we go off to the WAN, we might be using uh, DMVPN. So these are all forms of overlays. And, and we're, what we're creating here is, um, is nothing but a, a network overlay in, in the campus. Mm -hmm. And some, uh, you know, we, we talked about, and the fabric does give us this ability to make simplifier provisioning. It also gives us uh, the advantage of, of host mobility, which, you know, um, which I'll come back to, uh, and also being able to add back to this kind of central policy um, configuration enforcement across the fabric. As okay. I said, could be a thousand switches, right? But I do it in one central place. Yeah. The fabric. But back to the host mobility piece. So, you know, and we talked about um, IoT. So let's talk about some something real world we can kind of get our heads around. Building management systems and applications. So things like badge readers uh, on doors and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, those sort of systems, uh, whether it be HVAC, so um, you know, air conditioning systems, and, and so those systems that are automated can uh, sit on a network um, and kind of talk to each other. Um, however, these kind of applications, these systems are normally quite chatty applications and they normally need to sit in the same VLAN. Mm -hmm. Now, um, network administrators uh, across the globe uh, absolutely stay away from doing things like spanning VLANs. You know, they try to keep the scope of a VLAN as uh, small as possible, you know, to one switch preferably. Uh, and you kind of, when you start spanning that across multiple switches, you end up with a whole problem of spanning tree and the potential of, if you don't configure it right, actually taking your network down mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So, <clears throat> excuse me, this new architecture, having a, an underlay that's kind of configured as layer three, uh, kind of gets around that. And what this, um, this sort of um, fabric, uh, this encapsulation allows us to do is actually span VLANs across multiple switches. So, uh, yeah, which, we, which, which you can do, because at the end of the yeah. day, you can span, you can stretch yeah. VLANs across your campus, and, and a yeah. lot of people, I'm sure, are doing that now. But yeah. what this means, if I've got this right, is it allows you to, I can have a door, to use your analogy, I've got a door entry system that's connected yeah. to the network, yeah. that needs to go and speak to a building management system or a building somewhere. Mm -hmm. They might not be on the same switch. So instead of creating a massive... VLAN and stretching it across the campus, what you'll build is a, a and if I've got this right and understood you correctly, you will build a very a layer two tunnel mm -hmm. between that switch or that building management system and the door entry system at the time they need to send traffic. Uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about firing up a tunnel on demand there. 
I mean, the the beauty of this fabric that uh, Cisco's coming out with software-defined access, this this campus fabric, which is currently documented in our Cisco-validated design, can go and download that, is that it's got layer two and layer three characteristics. Yeah. So what this, uh, so Ben mentioned VXLAN and LISP, VXLAN being the data plane, LISP being the control plane. This, uh, this kind of layer two and layer three paradigm mixed together means you can basically root within a VLAN. So you can go and spread a VLAN across a campus and it can just exist. But that VLAN is then create, you, you work out the, how you're in that VLAN yeah. by based on your policy, yeah. not on something that's statically configured, that Absolutely. this port, yeah. this Absolutely. user, yeah. this whatever. Yeah. That, so that, okay, that I'm again. firing okay. up a tunnel. I'm firing up a I'm tunnel. I'm firing up a tunnel that. for that time of the traffic to, yeah. to pass. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's kind of a bit of the whole layer two, layer three thing, you know, why why do we care about this fabric? Why do I need it? You know, one of the use cases being, you know, segmentation, IoT, the real world of IoT today, things like building management systems. Okay. Absolutely. And I've done all this in a you know, in a very automated way. I've I've kind of done that as a central configuration uh, okay. from the get go. Right, lovely. So that that's have we got anything more to cover on SDA? I think I think the key thing about this. So I talked about the Cisco validated design, um, yeah. and uh, that talks about the the technical components um, of a fabric. I think what software defined access does is it brings in various solution components. I talked about this picture with the engines and everything. You know, the idea is that software defined access makes it easy um, to define our segmentation policy. Uh, it makes it easy for us to um, to go off and configure a thousand switches. Um, so it basically brings a lot of components, routing, switching, wireless, things like policy and ICE, um, APM and analytics. It all pulls it together uh, in one place. So that's what software-defined access is. So okay. no longer kind of going out and um, configuring your access control list on you know, your 100 branch switches, for example. Okay, lovely. So, number three on the New Era Networking Hit Parade is assurance. So, go on in. Ben, I haven't heard from you for about at least five minutes. Yes, <laughs> so this is our analytics engine, and what we're really doing here is trying to close that, that loop, trying to close that feedback loop. Um, so, we've already talked about the policy side of things, and we define the business intent, and then that would go down to our infrastructure and all be programmed. But we've got all that data running through the network. Why can't we make something worthwhile out of it and present it back up to the business as insights and something meaningful? So that's where our uh, analytics and assurance piece comes in. Um, and this will sit in DNA Center. Okay, so that'll be the place that you go to. So you talk about single pane of glass, which just means that I've got one place to go to find out where all the, I'm going to access all this information and policy and create all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. right. And in no more than kind of one or two clicks, that's the idea. Uh, so you'll so, be able to find what the problem is. So what is this assurance then? So what does it do in? So okay, fine. It's a it's a is it an analytics engine? If I've got that right, mm -hmm. uh, or, or uh, and it's going to suck analytics off the network. How, so how does it work? Yeah. So we we we've talked about the different engines. One being ISE for policy. One being APKM for automation. The final piece um, is called NDP. The network data platform, and that's network the data platform, and that's what this platform. that's what this assurance is. Then is it? Yeah, that that's that's what's going to take and do all the take all the data, do all the number crunching, and then that's going to feed it up to the analytics piece in DNA Center. Okay. Yep. 
Uh, from there, what we can do is we can have insights into like, how the network's performing. So for example, we get health scores. Okay, how, how's this, this certain application looking like out, out of 10? We get also issues that are going on the network, maybe things like we have a DHCP issue that really needs addressing immediately. But also not only that, looking at things that may go wrong further down the line as well. So, so looking so at historical trends. Okay, so it's, it's sucking up information from your network. It's understanding how well applications are performing and giving it a score. So mm -hmm. you can so it's sort of benchmarking it against something. Yeah. What, what is the network doing to get, how is it getting this information from the network? Yeah, so, so one of the elements that we're using is, uh, is NetFlow. So probably a lot it's of people It's been around here for a long time, isn't we're, it? We're, we're pretty familiar with NetFlow. Um, so NetFlow is one element of it as well. We're also using uh, statistics counters and along the line as well, we're using more API driven ways to actually uh, get data out of the network itself and then feed that all into the analytics piece. So it's not just about, because we, we've had things before and we've talked about application visibility and control before and that uses sort of NetFlow to, with network based application recognition to give you, I can see the applications on the, on the network and this is how they're performing. What it's, this is an enhancement to that because it's then saying this is how this application should be performing and this is how it actually is performing and then we'll be able to give you an indication of where it is, where, where that poor performance is happening or where that, a, 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 what is the cause of poor performance of an application. Uh, is that, is that yeah. a fair? No, that, that's absolutely right. So, so before with previous systems, we've been able to see what the problem is, but usually we'll still have to go off and do further analysis, further troubleshooting and actually remedy the problem as well. So probably hopping on the CLI and, and making a few changes. Um, what this is providing on top is uh, suggested fixes or improvements there. Um, so and it's just it's, not about showing you performance, giving it a score. It's actually telling you how you can make things better as well. Yeah, and, and eventually, once you run this um, longer and longer, it's going to understand just the network learn. more It's going to be like machine so learning and understand your network right. yeah. very specifically in the way your network is configured mm -hmm. and run. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so you'll, yeah, so you'll kind of get this, uh, you'll get your trends, um, you know, so stuff that's going on, it's learning your network. It points out these trends. These trends might be just for information. These trends might also indicate potential future issues you know, if, okay. if they kind of continue. But what we can also see uh, in the assurance piece is you know, your top 10 immediate issue, you know, your yeah. P1, P2. Uh, the idea of this is that, you know, you've got this dashboard, you quickly click on that and that you very quickly presented with all the components, all the information. So it might be there's a whole bunch of devices out there you need to address and you can very quickly get a view of scale of the problem uh, and how many users that are impacted what applications are so impacted. can you give us a, an example of that then <coughs> yeah I, mean, I think i think ben alluded to it earlier when we talked about um, for example a dhcp server um going down um certainly that's the uh, that's the demo that we've we've been using uh, quite a bit uh, and you kind of click to see that um, DHCP server, but then you kind of see all the chain of events that kind of come off the back of that, okay. and all the statistics so the, associated. So the impact of it on the network, Absolutely, so that, that yeah. domino effect of, yeah, yeah. you mean this is where the first yeah. domino fell, but this is where all yeah. the other ones of, yeah. of this is where the, how that's cascaded yeah. through, uh, cascaded through my network yeah. and my infrastructure, and this is who it's impacting. 
and bearing in mind that the place where you're seeing this is the same place that you do your network provisioning uh, or policy provisioning as well so you can actually if you've still got access to that device you can then kind of start seeing um, indicators like a click to resolve type approach so oh, the, right, okay. the, the, the applications actually coming back and saying by the way you might want to go to this switch through this GUI uh, and make would that be DNA center again would it or yeah, yeah absolutely but led to it via the assurance application so okay. you don't have to sort of come out of it you know, it just, you just takes click you, through, you it. Click yeah, through yeah, yeah. it, it takes you to the place and actually suggesting, you know, you need to do X, Y, and Z to resolve this issue. Okay. Or, you know, and the utopia, the future, where we're headed is that actually um, this application sees those things and goes off and remediates. Because that's like, the, that's that's pure software-defined, net, not well, pure software, but that is sort of a part of the why why software-defined networking is, is there or here is mm-hmm. to do that feedback of, I can now I, I can push change onto the network, but then when the network needs things to change, it can do it automatically and feed back up into a controller, and the controller goes, "Well, okay, I'll make these changes automatically." Yeah. Rise of the machines. Something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And obviously, I think you know people who want to exercise the usual change control. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it, this is an industry it's, change, isn't it? And yeah, everyone's yeah, got absolutely. to get used to it, doesn't it? Yeah, and, yeah. and and in time, you mean you'll yeah. start off going right. Well, I want to know where those problems are. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I know the impact yet. Now I know how quickly I can remediate, and then click the remediate yeah. button once I've maybe checked yeah. and done a bit of further investigation. Then that will still increase time to resolution so much quicker and have evidence based everything based on evidence and not of well oh, i think that's what the problem is we'll make a change oh no it didn't make a change and i mean at the end of the day that's my <laughs> when i first came into the technology industry that was my fault finding keep changing things until something different happens as long as you do one thing at a time yeah you're yeah, right. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, built, I built my career on that but um but that's that's really great because that is i mean that's that's really nice to know that this level of assurance is just not about, it's taking application visibility and application performance beyond just this is what I am seeing, but it's what I'm seeing, what it's how an application should be performing. And when it's how, what's the, if there's a problem, what's the extent of the problem, what's the extent of the impact, and here's a recommend way of, of getting you to the resolution as quickly as possible. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, nice and hopefully taking a lot of the pain out of setting up these dashboards as well yeah because you know, at the moment you have to kind of do quite a lot of configuration you have to know what you're trying to achieve from it yeah sometimes you don't and know you can mostly think know. about it you mean you talk about and we're going right back to the start of where we're talking about the single pane of glass but you mean a single pane of glass would give you something it would give you a red green amber and then you'd then go right i gotta dive into another tool and i've into two, and another tool will give you you'll have an assurance tool will give you an it would give you that as well and you'll actually this DNA center is this one window to mm-hmm. all of these things we've just talked about, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. Right. Wonderful. Right, go on then. Number four. So, oh god, the enthusiasm is like electrifying. <laughs> this, for those who are listening uh, who haven't fallen asleep yet or turned off, um, this is a Yorkshire temperament, and this is how people from Yorkshire talk. <laughs> and that's about as enthusiastic as you're going to get from a Yorkshireman. Is that? Is that? Is that a fair thing to say? Fair enough, yes. Fair enough. It's a fair cop. <laughs> it's a fair cop. A fair cop. Right. Go on so, then, number four. Uh, encrypted traffic analysis, so ETA. Um, so uh, everyone's probably heard of, or maybe not, but um, probably 18 months or so ago, um, Cisco bought a company uh, called Lancope, 
uh, and the key product there was Stealth Watch. So that's now known as Cisco Stealth Watch. And um, essentially that is like the um, CCTV uh, camera uh, in an airport or in a particular area. And what that's doing is it's taking a look at all the flows um, of people and all the stuff that's going on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's looking, yeah, it's looking for abnormal behavior. So it if you, is, could, yeah. you think about this in a retail environment yeah. and you think, right, and they do have cameras nowadays in mm. stores and they're looking at people coming in around the stores. And because they know what a, um, a dodgy person acts like, the change in their behavior, they yeah. behave differently to a normal shopper. Yeah. They can then spot and identify a potential shoplifter. Yeah. So this is, if I've got this right, similar to on the network side, I'm looking at all this traffic and I can see uh, from from the, the net flows that I'm getting from the traffic without looking at any, so what's in the payload or anything like that, I'm, I can spot bad behavior yeah. of a piece of traffic and then you can flag it up and then remediate. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. And, uh, and, and the key thing about this software is that it, it removes all the deduplicates, uh, which is kind of a key thing to kind of uh, remember. Um, because you can actually end up creating a lot of false positives uh, when you don't do the deduplication. Um, so, you know, it might be the network traffic takes a different path back. Well, that, that's potentially pretty normal, but, you know, in a security world, it might be deemed so not. Anyway, we get rid we do the deduplication of the, of the data. Um, so, as I said, we've kind of got that view of all the flows, all the abnormal traffic. Yeah. Well, now what we're announcing is that with ETA, we can actually take a look at encrypted traffic. Uh, and do that, uh, and do that on those encrypted streams. So to be absolutely clear, what we're not doing is decrypting and re-encrypting. It's just look looking at a, it's yeah. looking at the behaviour of encrypted traffic and going, that looks dodgy. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's and it's fairly accurate in that perspective. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at the TLS encrypted stream. Um, we're looking at the encryption type. Uh, we're looking at the packet size, and we're looking at the byte distribution. And kind of basically performing analytics on all that traffic and then saying yeah we think that's malware there on the network even though it's encrypted wow so. and, and and it's not just um and we don't realize how much in how well, i can't say the right word now but how much encrypted traffic is on the network because we might just think it's going to be between firewalls and and or or, or, or uh, that sort of it or, or sort of like a remote user encrypting their traffic over the internet and back to the thing it's about you mean there's a lot of tunneling traffic going on um, you mean we're tunneling inside um, with VXLAN aren't we yeah uh, so that's another tunnel so being able to view inside a tunnel or not view inside the tunnel look at how that tunnel the traffic that's going through that tunnel is behaving. I'm trying to do it the right way because <laughs> there's a certain word we're not trying to say. Um, uh, will allow you to see that because that's the, and the, the point I'm trying to make. There's a lot of in, encrypted traffic on the network, mm -hmm. and that's only going to grow. Yeah. Even at an application layer, you can Absolutely. see encrypted application layer traffic. So how do you know if that's been in, in, in compromised or not? Yeah, and also when you look at the fact that. Um, more and more traffic is moving off your traditional private lines as well and going over the internet these days. Obviously, we, it's, a, it's, a sh it's not your network any anymore, it's a shared network. So you have to encrypt that traffic. Um, yeah, so obviously, yeah. like you said, you know, it's, mu it, it's much more important now that we can have a look at what that traffic actually is, but without having to put the additional burden on the hardware itself by doing decryption, encryption, and, 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 yeah. and, and then uh, doing a kind of a man in the middle. Yeah. So, so this we, is not a man in the middle. This is not decryption. 
This is just done on behavioural analysis. Absolutely. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask the uh, the awkward question: Does this work on uh, all our Cisco switches? Then does it? It's actually part of a new series of switches. So moving on to that leads us on nicely onto point five. It's like we rehearsed this, isn't it? <laughs> um, on to point five, our new switches. The enthusiasm again is seeping just, out of the room. I was just joking, actually. But oh, there yeah, you are. So just coming around from that. Just, keep, you. just be quiet while you yeah. finish choking. <laughs> Die quietly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've released a, a new uh, series of switches. Um, so we have the Catalyst 9300 switches, access Ooh. switches. Yep, and um, they come in the form of data. Uh, they come in the form of uh, PoE switches uh, with U UPoE as well. I thought it was mega PoE. Have I just made that up? Yeah, I think possibly. New, mar <laughs> new marketing term. <laughs> right, just, you, maybe you should work in marketing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we've got the multi-gigabit switches, uh, which we refer to as M-gig uh, switches. Um, so um, we've, so got, we've got a 9300, and there's multiple yeah. models of those. Yes. Uh, and these new switches have the power. Um, sound like He-Man. I have the power. Yeah. Um, they have the power to do this uh, encrypted traffic analysis. So it's yeah. not in all our switches, it's just in our new Catalyst 9K switches. That's right. And yeah. we've got multiple models, so we've got the Catalyst 9300. Yep. What else have we got? We've also got the 9400. So think of the 9400 as uh, another access switch, but it's more of a, a modular. So it's a modular access uh, similar to the Cat4 4500. So it has got line cards, it's got supervisors, it's yeah. got modular power supplies. We see a lot of those yeah. going in, yeah, okay. I was going to say something controversial there, but I might get told off. <laughs> People might put it into the distribution layer, but it's not. It's an access switch, is it? Yeah, that's the way it's positioned. Although, you know, if you've got smaller networks, there's no reason to say why you couldn't. It just really depends on the, the scale of the network. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Still, it's still a centralized control plane, so it's not a distributed control plane. So, you know... That might be a reason that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. Sim it's the similar challenges that Absolutely, people are aware of. Yeah. Okay, yeah, great, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got another one. Oh, okay. they're looking yeah, at each okay. other. Going, they're trying to work out who's just went to speak. <laughs> uh, oh, um, so, so we've sweet. got a um, fixed. Uh, the, the, it's the nine thousand five hundred switch. Uh, it's Catalyst nine five hundred, and that is a fixed uh, core or core aggregation uh, box. And that gives us the ability to do 10 gig um, ports at scale and 40 gig ports at scale. Wow. So we got this super new hardware um, that can do this encrypted traffic analysis. What else can it do? What What else? So we Come talked on. about things like... Can't be, that, um, can't be just it. Can it? It's got to be so, more. So let's talk about some of the key things. So um, on the access, um, the 9300s and the 9400s, we've got the, the M gig. So, which is something that we've had previously. However, we've got uh, we've got the ability to do M gig on all ports, on the twenty four yeah. ports, and on all forty eight ports. Wow! So multi giga everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the ability. If to anybody go, wants to know what multi giga is, uh, I'd say we haven't we haven't done a podcast on it previously, so no, we have to go and uh, look at it online. M gig gives you the ability at the access layer to go from uh, anything between one gig, or not anything, but go between one gig and ten gig. On um, copper. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And the increments in between that are two and a half gig and five gig. Okay. Uh, depending on the quality of the cable. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, and then when we talk about that is mainly from, a, at the moment, the main driver is from a mobility perspective because you've got multi-gigabit um, uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. So that can yeah. do over one gig. So you've got the new Wave 2 access points can do sort of around about three and a half gig. So if I can only do a gig on my 
access switch, then that's my bottleneck is right at the edge of my network. So that's the sort of reason behind it for anybody who's, who's listening yeah. still and hasn't fallen asleep with your Yorkshire <laughs> Um So, okay, yeah, multi-gig. Uh, what else? Come on. Uh, UPOE, so we're going to be able to uh, eventually go up to 100 watts uh, on a port. Um, but, I mean, you can do obviously do 15 or... 60 or whatever you want. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anything up to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, 100. Uh, but that, that's 100 really interesting because then it's about yeah. a whole new thing then of going, what can you power from the network? And if you, I can power it from the network, I can control it from the network, I can manage it from the network, I can measure it from the network, that could change mm-hmm. buildings yeah. or anything. You mean, yeah. you mean you could power lots and lots of things from a network nowadays? Yeah, that's right. And think about lighting as well. That, yeah. that, that's one of the, the key things in a building. Traditionally, that's been a totally separate um, part that might have been managed by building management or facilities. But that could, if you've got a load of network cables that are, are in a building, why not reuse them for not just the network, yeah. but for lighting for other systems as well? Convergence all over again, isn't it? Yeah, well, everything's converging, isn't it? And, and it just sort of makes sense. Instead of yeah. having separate networks, now I've got that. If you looked at a building, you'd have separate networks for control and building management, and then for IT. And then now you're going well, one network that does everything, and with the segmentation and DNA center and software defined access, you can then really separate. Uh, you can you can virtually segment everything uh, in a really quick and easy and dynamic way. And then now you can power. Your 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 building, like your lights, yep. and whatever you want to, they can take draw hundred watts off it and has that power over Ethernet uh, socket in it as well. So that's really interesting. So what other things have we got? So perpetual uh, PoE as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So what's that? Come on. Uh, so basically, the ability even through a reboot to kind of keep power in. So just uh, cons- consistent power all the time, even if yeah. the switch does it. You I mean as long as the switch is not. Has the power pulled from it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But (laughs) okay, brilliant. What else? What other things? Um, So um, we're able to do things like um, uh, encrypting uh, on the links. Uh, So Maxec, it's an existing technology we have, so we can do that at two hundred and fifty-six bits as well on the link encryption. Um, What about? We talked um, about the. well, I'm remembering the encryption piece. Um, so we talked about the fabric earlier. So yeah. we're going to be able to encrypt the fabric as well. There you go. Um, so um, that's pretty cool. Um, and the reason we can do that now is because, so, well, a few things talk about kind of the physical side of the switch. So we're using the, the new UADP um, data plane chip, which so is 2.0. So, th- so what's U, U, UADP mean? Unified Access Data Plane, I think. Right, okay. Uh, and, it, and it's not 1.0, it's... 2.0. Right, okay, so it's bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah, and there's a whole a bunch of geeky facts which I haven't really got to hand about. No, this, no that's uh, fine. Please don't start rattling on geeky A few facts. billion uh, transistors. Yeah, yeah, Is it? Uh, yeah, you sure? Yeah. 7.2. 7.2 billion, billion transistors. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm still, I'm still going back to my electronics day of actually soldering and wiring circuit boards with transit with transistor I could hold in my hand <laughs> or my thing between two fingers anyway so, um, so from a data plane perspective a heck of a lot of capacity in the data plane we've got x86 uh, CPU so uh, from a control plane perspective you know we can do lots of things simultaneously uh, I'm going to show my age here by uh, referencing a maths co-processor so that kind of uh, approach there to be able to kind what's, of, what's that you can't just throw that when up. you used to have your, your sort of your four uh, when you had your 486 pc and then yeah. you wanted to make it clock faster so you stuck a maths co-processor on top of the main processor so i, I uh, never did got, that oh well, okay 
So you got you basically got more speed out of the uh, thing. So basically, you were off, offloading. Oh, you were off, offloading the uh, the uh, compute onto another processor. Oh right, okay. So, well, I don't know why I didn't just say that at the beginning. Um, so <laughs> the podcast will be about five minutes long if you actually got around <laughs> to the point straight away. Um, so okay. I can do encryption uh, while I'm processing other stuff. Yeah. Um, to, to the point. And also about about upgrading. And that sort of thing, Could, or changing images on the box, can that happen? Yeah, it's it's got. We're introducing a new feature, and this is this is the um, in iOS XE in the in the software. And one thing just to call out as well is that it's going to be one software train as well across all of the switches. So that's what, all, really, all the nine K switches, all the yeah, even even the um, the three Ks as well. So yeah. it's all it's all going to be iOS XE and the routers as well, and the routers. Yeah, wow. So ISR four K, ASR one K. And that's routers for our American routers, listeners. Yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the ability to do patch patchability. Okay. So what that means is, well, usually if you had a problem or you had a bug in your software, you'd have to download your new iOS. You'd have to upgrade it. And what does that mean? Well, it means downtime, and nobody likes that. So if you've got uh, an issue now, say with OSPF, you can just upgrade that part. So we're introducing quite a bit of modularity now. In the um, in the image in itself, um, so service providers have used this for a while on their platforms, but now we can we can actually. So have that's it in that the yeah, basically because it's they can't turn the internet off, can they? Really yeah. to upgrade, so they've been able to do that for a while. So we're bringing that functionality because it's important to be connected at the access layer in your building and your campus is to be connected in the middle bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. So one one thing to kind of point out here is so oh, look uh, out. we talked about um, DNA Center. Uh, yeah. and how we're going to use this to not just design and build the network but we're also going to use it to manage the network so you're going to get this um, you're basically going to be able to look at all your inventory and what it's going to do is proactively go away and look at all your switch uh, switching and routing uh, iOS levels uh, and basically feedback to you what upgrades are required uh, you know and basically suggest that you might want to patch up your network you might have some kind of security vulnerability what it's also going to do, it's not just going to tell you that it's out of, um, you know, out of date. It's also going to actually make you, it's also going to help you do that patching process. So it's going to say, do you want to patch this switch? Yes. Uh, and actually in the past, that's been quite a, quite a lengthy process because you might go from one iOS version to the other, but to get from one to the other, there might be actually um, a book's worth of tech notes to read. And there might be three smaller patches in between it. And what this module in the DNA center, single pane of glass, is actually going to do uh, is actually take away the pain of doing those software what, upgrades. What, the pane of glass? <laughs> the, <laughs> the pain in the neck of, uh, <laughs> of, actually, um, of actually doing those software upgrades. All right, OK. So, so you're just going to make it really easy. Yeah. Take away all the tech notes that you have to read. Yeah. Show you that if there are other other patches you need to go through will just show you all and then most probably I bet it'll get to about one click click to click, click to make click, this click. Yeah. and with this new functionality of not having to reboot or your 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 data plane will still keep passing traffic Absolutely. while your back end control plane is upgrading yeah so your network will never go down uh, well, you know, that's all based well, well, on your design and yeah, yeah. Uh, implementation. But yeah, in the sense of while you're upgrading. All right, then. Just careful. I'm just being careful of the promises that we're making on Well, here. we promised the world on this podcast. You'd have to deliver on it. All right, guys. Um, I think we've covered all the way from one to five. So we covered DNA Center, software-defined access, the assurance with uh, NDP, which stands for? 
network based platform well done our analytics platform um encrypt encrypted traffic analysis so we can see what's encrypted inside not we can't see inside a crypto tunnel we can spot dodgy traffic that's encrypted yep. um and then the new hardware platforms we're bringing out with the catalyst 9k um so that's the 9300 the catalyst 9400 and the catalyst 9500 yep so there you go um ben thank you very much Thank you, Justin. Pleasure. Uh, yeah, you, you can definitely come back. Oh, thank you. We, uh, we've already booked you to come on another one anyway. <laughs> um, and James, thanks very much for being your second time podcast then. Thanks right. very much for, for all your information today, guys. Um, if much. you've got any more, uh, any questions to the listeners, uh, or no, if the listeners have any questions, um, you can contact the podcast at, at Justin Woolen. Um, if you want to find out more about this, you can go onto the Cisco website and they'll tell you all about our new, uh, new era of networking. Um, Thanks for listening and uh, hopefully see you on the next podcast.